Aloha, everybody. Good afternoon. My name is uh, Paimi Pelekai. I'm a fire captain with the Honolulu Fire Department. I've been a fireman for 20 years. Uh, my father was a fireman for 37. So this uh, career of service to our community is a part of who I am and a part of who a lot of people who serve in our first responders, uh, first responder jobs are. So when this mandate came out five days ago, it, it created a lot of harm and hurt in our first responder community. To me, if you didn't put an experimental drug in your body that you don't have enough information about to make an informed decision, or you didn't get <clears throat> an approved religious or medical exemption, in the next 10 days, it literally said, you could be fired. I spent the last 20 years of my life and 37 years watching my dad do this job. And because I didn't want to put an experimental drug in my body, I got to give that all up. I got to choose between my personal freedom and, and I'm talking not just talking about me, but people who are first responders like me who love our jobs, who love the people of Honolulu. And I, and I know the people of Honolulu, I know, you, you know, it's not your guys' fault. You're not doing this to us. And, and you don't have to worry, we're gonna show up every day. If they're gonna fire us, they're gonna fire us. And that's up, up to them. Well, we'll be there for you. We will be at work, don't worry. If we're not there, it's because of them. Welcome to The Last American Vagabond. Joining me today is Shelby, founder of Unjected and doing some other great work in general in the truth movement, the truth media, joining me today to talk about what's going on in Maui as she lives in Maui and discussing some of the different theories floating around, really trying to, as we've been doing on The Last American Vagabond, trying to kind of, you know, cut through all the BS as so often happens when these large, terrible events happen, you know, which is really heartbreaking seeing as how there's far too many people taking advantage of such a terrible situation to push their own you know, perspectives and, and partisan ideas. So I wanted to invite her on today to discuss what she's seeing from the ground, what's been going on there, and, and some of the things that we can clearly prove are actually being misrepresented even by the corporate media. Surprise, surprise. So Shelby, how are you today? It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Aloha, Ryan. It's really nice to see you. I, I wish it was under happier pretenses, but thanks for having me on to help get some of this word out from our little island. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. I'm sure there's a you know a lot going on for you right now. I know that there's been some stress with your family and people at risk, and I can only imagine. So thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So let's just start with, you know, wh what, where this all began for you, you know, where, what was the first thing that stood out and, you know, how, what was it, what did it seem was happening in the beginning? And then we'll kind of get into what you've been seeing as it's gone forward and what we think might've happened. Yeah. Well, so to be honest, the day of, you know, the 8th started actually way more precarious for me than than just a fire. And it was actually the high winds uh, that we had noticed that morning rolling into the island, which a lot of people are 
you know, are talking about, which, which was supposedly from the uh, hurricane traveling south of us, Hurricane Dora, which was creating this, you know, uh, intense trade system. And I actually live up country in Makawao area. And so we, you know, we tend to get a lot of wind, but, you know, this was an abnormal amount. And it was around 4.30 that morning that actually, that was when my day started where my, my chicken coop out in my yard had had basically, I don't want to say the word exploded, but it had been thrown across my yard, maybe 15 feet. And mind you, this is a couple hundred pounds. Uh, so this was very abnormal. This is not an average little chicken coop. And um, so we're, we thought, wow, this is, this is quite intense winds. And uh, my, my mom personally works in Lahaina. We've, we've been here on Maui for over 10 years now spent about five years living in Lahaina personally, uh, as well as my mom. And so she still works over there. Uh, we had heard, you know, just a little coconut wireless, uh, you know, there's a, a news channel called like Maui 24 seven, there's Maui now, they're just like little local uh, channels to keep you informed. We uh, saw that there was potentially a power outage. And I, I had just felt uneasy about it. And I said to her, you know, I don't know if you should go out there. It just seems like something is wrong. There's probably going to be, you know, a, a probably going to be a fire. And this isn't unlikely. You know, there is wildfires that do happen on West Maui because, you know, of a, an abundance of one brush, dry grass, occasional drought, um, you know, not being maintained properly by the state. But it's never... Um, been quite this ferocious. I've, I've been stuck in wildfires before in Lahaina um, for, for hours before, but, you know, usually the wind carries them up to the mountainside and over uh, because the trade winds come in from the ocean. And so for this day in particular, it was very strange because it was about 80 mile an hour winds coming from inland, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense when they said that the hurricane was south of us. So we should have been getting mostly uh, you know, trade winds coming from the ocean side and an abundance of surf, which wasn't really the case. Uh, quick, quick question for you. So just on that point, because I know this will be relevant for people. So with the fires in general, would you say that yeah. they're reasonably common in these areas? Like just just Maui, speaking of Maui, would you say it's pretty common? Not you know, like this, in, but normal. In the know. summertime, it is common, especially since what happened is they uh, stopped the production of the cane, the sugar cane. And so they used to do controlled burns on the island uh, in the, just as of, you know, 2017, or maybe it was the, the winter of 2016, they stopped doing that, um, where they would go through and clean up these fields of the cane, uh, the sugar cane. And, you know, it was really helpful for preventing, you know, this this issue, at least on my side of the island, on West Maui, there wasn't as much sugarcane production, uh, but you know there was fires that had happened before, never with this amount of destruction. But it was to the point where in 2018, the the council had come together to talk about the last Lahaina fire, which was in 2018, and they had talked about all of the emergency management. Uh, protocols that should have been introduced. And they talked about the failures during that 2018 fire. So, you know, there's lots of um, awareness that, you know, that we all have been, we've been prepared for, you know, natural occurrences before, but just never something like, like this. Well, what I always have a real, just, just, you know, 
general malfeasance and government incompetence. Like this just drives me crazy when you hear something like this, where, you know, 2018, the point, oh, well, we weren't prepared. We need more funding and more whatever else they call for. And then, oh, this happens again. And what's the same? Oh, well, we weren't prepared. The, which we'll get into, you know, the alarm system didn't go off. And it's just, right. it, it's hard for me to not see that at the very least as just incompetence while taking money for the same reason. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. But go ahead. Oh, it yeah, feels it feels deliberate, you know, and mm. I, I'm sure many of us feel the same way. And um, and so, yeah, back to that, back to the day of. So well, really, you know, really quickly, actually, I, 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 I had a comment about the corporate please. side of this. So when, you, when you're talking about the corporate, uh, you know, the sugar cane, it, yes. this is is this a, it's a I know I know from I mean, I've seen a lot of videos of some a lot of the local population, yourself included, arguing that that this is uh, just a, it's a travesty that these corporations come in and they just reap all the benefits and they leave things ripe for this kind of a problem. When you said that they stopped, are you, did they stop also kind of keeping up these areas that were problematic? Did that oh, add to the problem? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I figured as much. So when they, when did, when they um, got rid of the, gosh, I want to, it was A and B uh, sugar and, and this was like very old from, you know, the early Hawaiian plantation days. Mm. And it actually got, um, bought out by a Canadian company, uh, Maui, Maui Pono. And that what they're doing is they're making um, these part of these fields on Haleakala. They're growing not native fruits and vegetables, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They've actually done a lot of destruction to the hillside by, um, you know, just completely tilling it, putting, you know, plastic tarps in the ground. It's just, you know, um, a problem in itself utterly but yes the the fact that they stopped maintaining the cane is is an mm. issue i shared a similar story from oahu i lived there for a couple of years in the same point i forget the actual name of of the the non-indigenous species that was brought but ultimately the the, the rooting was too short and now they have these landslides all the time and it came from right. something that was brought in same reason and so yeah. it, it, this is a very common problem yeah. not to say that's all or even entirely you know why this happened but that's something we should always consider so go yeah. ahead please go back to the day that you were you're were going through and this was and yeah and a lot of that farming is on my side of the island and which i mentioned i live on east maui so you know mm -hmm. i'm i'm only about 28 miles away from lahaina um and, but it is, you know, it feels like a, another world because there's only one way in, one way out. You could actually uh, see it from your 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 part of the island, right? You, I saw yeah. your video where you could actually see the, the yeah. part of the island behind us on. Yeah. Yeah. I was on um, the south side when I took that video. But even from here, I you know, I get to see the West Maui Mountains. And so I, mm -hmm. I feel the tragedy. Um, but, you know, the power was out the whole day in Lahaina, uh, you know, that is, um, being reported that, you know, it was as soon as my mom got into Lahaina, I was not able to contact her unless she had Wi-Fi. Um, and so I remember I tried to reach out many times just to try to keep her informed of what I was hearing because they weren't getting the same updates. And that is one of the things that, you know, the state said was that they had sent a text alert, you know, even though they knew that the cell phone lines were down, uh, the power was out. And, uh, you know, so the day continued fairly normally. There's kind of some uh, news coming out about accounts of a fire that had started at the top of Lahaina Luna Road at 7 a.m. that morning. And so, mind you, that's pretty early. Uh, and the fire department said that they had completely contained it. It was out. And then they left the scene. And, you know, this is what I this is what I'm hearing, um, which, of course, goes against all fire protocols, especially when you're considering that it's 
60, 70, 80 mile an hour winds, you wouldn't just leave a, a fire um, and just call it contained and then go about your way. And um, the reason for that is there was a few fires on our side of the island up in mm -hmm. uh, Haleakala, which was um, started by that that wind that blew over my chicken coop and which I've sent you a few videos of, uh, which seems to be of precarious nature as well. Is that pretty accurate right there from what you kind of generally, this this is a corporate media outlet uh, from the 8th. This was their satellite imagery, but is that seeming yep. yeah, accurate location? That's correct. And so you'll see on East Maui right there, those red spots. I kind of live right in the middle, kind of the heart of Maui right there. And so that's kind of where they claimed they were attending to. And then as well as that South Side fire. Mm. Um, and those were in the early day. And then, yeah, Lahaina, uh, there was that 7 a.m. fire. They went about their way. Uh, I'm hearing that, uh, you know, they had canceled school because the, um, you know, the winds were so bad. And I, I do know that because, you know, even on our side, we had they had canceled school. Um, and so a lot of children were home. Is that common to cancel school for because of winds? I mean, it seems that seems. Un it's a little unusual. Mm -hmm. I would, I, I'm going to say it's a little unusual. I mean, just, you know? not, I've never lived on Maui, but in other locations, Oahu in particular, you know, it's reasonably common to have some right. hurricane, you know, tsunami warnings. And, you know, I, at least my experience, I didn't remember schools being shut down that common. So was it, does it was it the warning that severe or why do you think they did that in your opinion? I think, you know, it, probably the power is going to be more of the reason, you know, oh, mm -hmm. the power's out, we can't do school. Um, but, but, you know, uh, the high winds, we had a high wind advisory as well. And it, and I remember seeing the notice that said due to the high wind advisory and due to the power outages, you know, school is uh, going to be out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so in, in that, on the point of the warning systems in general. So at this point, it was only people were under the impression that this thing was that the fire had been dealt with. Right. Correct. So now looking back on what we know, was that the case? Was it still burning at this point? Or how did this, how did the Lahaina part of the fire continue if they argued right. that they dealt with it? Exactly. So, you know, people felt uh, like it was under the impression that it was contained. You know, many people in Lahaina, like I had mentioned, we, we were used to knowing about fire and, you know, seeing smoke on a hillside and knowing, you know, oh, it's, we're probably going to be fine because it's going to travel up and over and, um, you know, the fire department's going to be on it. And so as the day continued, 80 mile an hour winds, what happened was the power lines started becoming all uh, compromised. Uh, they were literally, there's videos of them just teetering, uh, just just almost toppling over from Laniapoko all the way into um, far into Lahaina, Waiakuli area uh, before you get into Kanapali. And so essentially power lines started falling from everywhere. And uh, so, you know, this is when you know, I would say the first responders started uh, to address, you know, dealing with the traffic on the roads because it was becoming apparent that people, there was a traffic issue. Mm -hmm. And so this was around, I want to say two or three o'clock when I was speaking to my mother. Um, so mind you, I'm just, you know, repeating her accounts of the mm -hmm. day and uh, the wind had picked up so significantly. The power lines were falling everywhere. She decided at this time, right around three 30 to, to leave Lahaina. I said, you've got to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and that's when she said that there was, uh, she noticed that the smoke on the hillside was quite significant. Uh, hmm. It was definitely apparent that there was a large fire coming to Lahaina. 
but at the same time, there was kind of this feeling of, of not concern by first responders. And I don't want to say that in a mean way, but there was more concern of she, she believed of just directing traffic. Uh, and a lot of people are saying that they found it very odd that almost all of the exits in Lahaina were blocked. Every exit to get out of Lahaina had a had a power line, had a obstruction, had a just a blockade by police officers. They were not like wanting people to leave Lahaina easily, uh, and they were still allowing and directing traffic well into Lahaina at three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. And you know we're seeing videos where the entire town is gone by five o'clock or five thirty. Police were herding people in. Uh, well, I at this cap. point, do you, what, to what degree do you think it's possible that these people were under the impression that the fire had been dealt with because of the response, even though you could still see the smoke and the increasing there's, of the smoke? There's no way. I mean, you would really have to be. Um... But, you know, at the same time, I, you know, not everybody maybe has the same instinct. Mm. And so that is also where uh, the alarm system comes into play. You know, right, Hawaii exactly. has the most robust alarm system uh, in the whole entire country. And, you know, it goes off once a month to, uh, we test it once a month for the tsunami siren. Right. We know it works mm -hmm. because we hear it as locals. Oh, it's the first of the month. It's kind of the joke, you know, it's time to pay our rent. There's a tsunami siren. And, uh, you know, for the fact that hours two three four hours went by with no siren and you know i heard josh green say well they were burnt they weren't burnt for all four hours and they're also designed to you know run during natural disasters they're not they're not running on electricity they're solar i mean it's 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 quite frightening to think that um, the only warning that people actually had inside of their homes was when they finally heard screaming outside. And then by then it was too late. You can't, you can't escape that. And it was, it, they're calling it the 17 minute fire that it took the whole entire town in 17 minutes. And I mean, I, I, you know, so my mom, you know, she said that, there was a kind of just a, a, a malaise uh, feeling in the first off uh, first responders. There was a lot of lack of action. She said that she finally was able to kind of uh, disregard the barricade and she was able to get out of Lahaina. Let's, and let's focus yeah. on that really quickly and the responders itself. But the, the interesting thing is, so your mom's experience, which shouldn't be disregarded. She dealt with this herself. She, she, wasn't able to get past these roadblocks where were they directing her do you know like she, she, she said it in circles she said they were directing so in lahaina we have a bypass and then we have the lower road which is front street mm -hmm. and essentially the way it had seemed was there was a you know blockages in every single way so you would just get directed into circle and you'd have to go into front street and then it was uh, gridlock on every single road. Lahaina has extremely, it's, it's not even a city. It's a town. It's a very small town, you know, very historic. Uh, you can barely at times fit two road, two cars next to each other in some of these alleys. So the gridlock became 
uh, immediate with, you know, with tourist vehicles or, and with local vehicles. And, you know, at that point, when you're at in gridlock, you couldn't even go around if you wanted to, um, you know, then the only other option was, you know, the seawall. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the point is, you know, in, in something like this chaotic and certainly possible that they're just incompetent, but with everything else on top of it and all the other points, I mean, this is, it is, as everyone's pointing out, it begins to feel very suspicious, not to say that we know why or what that might be behind it all, but these things are, you know, again, even back to this. So, so now we're at a point where, you know, it seems that they're almost even whether it's accidental or not keeping people sort of in a, in a, in this location, we have the example of the actual sirens not going off despite, and I was going to say even like tsunamis as much as they're a natural event, they're not actually that wildly uncommon or the fact that the cyber might go off just to be, so as you're not only the test, but the fact that, you know, it's something that's common and suddenly doesn't work. I want to point this out from 2019, get to get it together. False emergency sirens spark deja vu. on. So even accidental false alarms or the fact yeah. that the, the, the rocket coming, that was the fake rocket from North Korea. You know, I mentioned this yesterday and it's sitting in one time, you know, so just, it's very suspicious. I'm I'm with you. So the, the, the thing about the responders though. So I don't, you mentioned before that there's some weirdness there and I, this is all speculation, right? We, this is all personal opinion, but I do find it relevant. Like we met. So I mentioned this, I I played this in the beginning and I do think this is important. There's a reason I play this to start this. Thank you from, uh, uh, to 2D for sharing this with me. Here's the actual, uh, post from Hawaii News Now that we'll include in the show notes, Honolulu Fire Captain, on why he's against the mandate. Now, this was 2021. Now, the point was that he was saying, you know, if we're not there, this is why. Now, right. that's one part of it, in my opinion. So you're obviously at, at, a, at a loss. You have not enough people. That's happening all over the world. And then you guys have experience with some very weird encounters with these people that you argued were, you, that from people's experiences, your mother rather, that they were almost not aware of people asking for help. And so go ahead and let me know what, what that story was and what you were hearing. That's correct. And, you know, it feels, it's not something I like to just say lightly, you know, even in the past few days, I've gotten a lot of like virality on a video that I made and a lot of people reaching out to me with very just vitriol about what I've had to say. And I don't say any of this lightly because I don't like, I don't like any of this. this is a terrorist attack as far as I'm concerned, but we have to have dignity for what happened to these people. And that's why, you know, that's why I'm, I'm bringing this attention because, she, you know, she did say that first responders were quite frankly unrespondent. They, she said that she was trying to get uh, their uh, one in particular police officer's attention who was not aiding to anyone else. Uh, he was in his car uh, and she said she was waving frantically, trying to ask him questions. And he was um, almost in a, hypnotic uh, state he was not uh, making eye contact he didn't notice anything that was going around him um you know do people have a fight or flight response i yes you know could people be in shock yes but these are supposed to be our most trained individuals that are supposed to handle these situations uh and multiple people are corroborating the story that Mm -hmm they felt like there was one, not any uh, responders anywhere besides like there was no fire department uh, actively in the streets. Uh, the people in downtown Lahaina were claiming that when they tried to get into the um, fire, fire hydrants, they were emptied. Yeah. Uh, there was no water in the town. They ended up turning off the water to the town pretty early, um, which also is a, is an interesting piece of this puzzle. And some people are like, oh, they didn't want them to 
they didn't want citizens to stay and help fight the fire. But I don't know that that seems odd to me because wouldn't you need water in the town for the fire department? I don't understand that. Yeah. That's a is, weird... that, is that something that's been verified or is that just secondhand? No, it's they turned off the water source. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't make much sense to me either. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, um, you know, so yes, people corroborate that they felt that there was kind of a trance that was happening in Lahaina, you know, mm -hmm. and like we said, you know, this is all speculation. I had a doctor friend that had sent me an article about nanotechnology um, and DARPA and the technology that's, you know, with the ability to control behavior, you know, modify behavior remotely. Is that why first responders were mandated to have vaccines? I think that is something that we should definitely just, it should be mentioned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as well in 2020 and 21, uh, Lahaina, that's when they introduced all of the 5G towers. So Lahaina is now home to just many shining brand new uh, towers that are over the whole city. And you'll see that they're not burned in the photos, which is also odd. Mm. Oh, and, and, you know, and we'll quickly on that in general, before people are quick to judge and, and jump to conclusions about what you want to call a conspiracy theory, all of what she just mentioned, in fact, we've gone over in regard to peer-reviewed science and, and, you know, patents on things that, whether that's what's going on or not, that's up for you to decide watching. But the idea of what we've covered on this show in regard to Charles, Charles Lieber, Robert Langer, they're literally working on the extension of what's in the, the technology used for these injections, the same technology applied for biosurveillance and for, in fact, actual, like we've talked about the ferret nanoparticle injections, which the Guardian wrote about. They call them magneto injections, which are literally used to control and move the limbs of animals. I mean, this is real stuff. So you guys can feel free to dismiss that if you'd like. But the point is that these are things that we should consider. We should not be afraid to ask hard questions, even if people want to call it conspiracy theory. So it's very interesting. I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, so what he said in the beginning is that, you know, pretty much all the people and you can look at it both ways, whether it's something like that we're discussing or just the fact that the people who chose to refuse the injections were people that have integrity, have, you know, have that are willing to stand by their choice, even if they may be wrong. That's courage. Right? So you end up with people that are pliable, that are will, 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 going along with it, whether they know they're wrong or not. And, you know, so over, either way, it's a problem. You know, so now you're ending up with this situation where these people are almost non-responsive to the very people they're supposed to be protecting. And again, right. that's what I'm hearing, too, not just from one account, but a lots of different people trying to tell their stories who aren't really being heard anywhere else. It's, it's very concerning, you know? Yeah. So uh, go ahead. Did you want to continue or I have another point I could ask as well? No. Yeah, please go. Yeah. Well, just in, to bring in the, the military side of this, right? Because you mentioned that as well, that there's military bases. I mean, literally everywhere throughout the Hawaiian Islands, which mm -hmm. nobody there probably wants or likes, but the ultimately right there, like very close. And yes. that there's no indication that that was deployed, any help, any warning, you know, go ahead. Could you talk on that for me? Yeah, this is the, I think this is the where I start feeling just ultimately disgusted. One, the tra the fire is a tragedy and its origins. We, you know, we should need to get to the bottom of this. But mm. what happened afterwards, the response to the fire, mm. that's what makes me feel that it is deliberate because of the absolute lack of just uh, care for human life. And I love, yeah, the military base, um, you know, is a, is a huge point for me because, you know, we were only a hundred miles from Oahu, which hosts a plethora of Navy ships, hospital ships, uh, warships, uh, you know, they, they travel at very fast speeds. Why wasn't a ship deployed at two o'clock in the afternoon from Oahu 
to start pumping water from the ocean at Lahaina. Right. Why wasn't there a hospital ship there already when people were jumping in the ocean to escape flames? And now why are we five days later and there's still no one, no Navy. There's barely, there's the Coast Guard that has been, uh, you know, we're hearing lots of accounts of them turning away boats right. with supplies. So I did see one press conference where they said there was about eight good Samaritan boats that helped with extracting people out of Lahaina at two 30 in the morning. But mind you, people jumped in the water at five 30, four 30. It took that long to get 15 miles around the corner. No, they were stopping people in Maalaya Bay with their boats, they were stopping people in uh, Kihei Harbor from taking their boats to go save people from drowning because they said it was too dangerous. Well, and then, I'm, I'm just appalled by that. You know, yeah. there's a lot of like, and I, I do see these comments where people say, oh, well, I'm a, you know, it's it's liability. We can't send people into a danger zone. And I'm sorry if, if, if we stay worried about liability compared to human life, I, I'm just appalled. Well, I mean, there, there, it's not an invalid point to argue that they might, you know, it's all the bureaucracy where it comes from anyway. The idea that you're somehow liable for what somebody else may do without your, like, I don't get that in the first place. Like if somebody, if you stop them and then let them go, maybe. But the idea that these people, like other than the boats as well, aren't there examples of individuals trying to bring water and different things and FEMA and yes. they're stopping them, right? I've heard this kind of ubiquitously. Now, again, you could argue that they're going, well, we, we don't want you to get hurt. But at the same time, there's also the other side of it, that they're not effectively helping people that need it. These people are there with things that FEMA isn't delivering in many cases, which we keep seeing. You know, mm -hmm. so it's a, you know, is liability and bureaucracy more important than helping those people? Apparently, right? That's what they're telling us. And it seems, it, you know, and that's where it seems like there's a massive cover up happening because, you know, now that, especially now that we're so many days later, they can't use the excuse of the danger of being a danger zone and letting, right. uh, you know, friends and family in, you know, we're in every natural disaster. One, there's press. There's not been press until as of one day ago. Um, and where, where's all the coverage we're used to seeing and all the screen, where are all the Hawaiian flags and all the people's Twitter the accounts press. and all the, all the things they usually see. It's that they don't want to show the evidence of what happened and they wanted to get people in there uh, to clean up basically, uh, you know, before we could see. And, and I, I find it just absolutely just uh, terrible, but yeah, what's happening is, you know, what their boats with supplies, even to, you know, to this day, they have to go as close as they can get. They're not allowed to go on shore. Uh, you have to use like paddle boards or jet skis or small little boats to get the supplies to the shore um, because they're not letting anyone go dock in Lahaina and get off and see what what's going on. Um, I, you know, obviously. So, you know, when my mom escaped Lahaina, this is when it, it became just more of I hear the coconut wireless. You know, I had her mm -hmm. first town to camp. But now it's um, just kind of what I've been hearing. And so, you know, immediately that first day, they, the media said, oh, it was six people that passed away. But we knew it could be over a thousand. I mean, the whole island knew this. Um, they weren't letting anybody in. No search. And we heard search and rescue was only 30 individuals uh, for the whole entire town uh, for the last four days um, to the point where citizens and um, construction workers, like county workers, those were the only people who had approval to get into Lahaina. 
they are going and picking up bodies of friends and family and loved ones because no one is there to do it. There's no army. There's no Navy, no FEMA. No one is here. And they are making people pull bodies out of the water, bodies off of the street. They have been putting them in flatbeds, trying to give these people dignity because they are, the government is letting them rot on the street. And it's, I, I know for certain that this is domestic terrorism because there's never been another natural disaster where the government just leaves victims all over the place for citizens to pick up. It's, it's got to be something more malice. I, I feel it in every part of my soul. Well, and we, and we can, before we get into the possibilities, there's a lot of, lot of theories flying around and, and, and reasons, intent, you know, why, that, why, why these theories might be taking place. But I do want to point out, I was grabbing this video from um, Instagram that somebody recently shared. Uh, it's almost done downloading, but it's, you know, one, another firsthand account of things that they saw themselves and, and that their mother, you know, the same kind of thing, seeing immediately that people were bodies everywhere, women with babies in their arms running and, you know, really terrifying, sad things. So one, just your opinion, why... Well, I guess it's kind of the same question. So what do you think it is that they're not when you say they're trying to stop people from seeing this and then and, and stating that this is a terrorist attack? So give, give me some, you know, flesh that out. Why are those your thoughts? Why do you think that's what happened? And why do you think they're trying to keep people from seeing it? What do you think is there? I, you know, I think it's a massive cover up for one, the tour, you know, tourism industry. They're still letting in tourists, uh, you know, and. I, that's sickening to me. They closed us down immediately for COVID, but not a, you know, disaster. Uh, you know, so I, I think that they wanted to keep the fear level low, you know, that it wasn't as bad as what, you know, come to Maui and spend your money and go on vacation. It's fine. You don't, don't worry about that. But I, I feel, I feel like the town of Lahaina was such a historic uh, powerful, energetic place. I mean, this is where all the Royal Hawaiians lived. This is, uh, people say, you know, Hawaii and Maui in general is the heart chakra of the planet. And there's a lot of energy here. And all of those buildings were over 200 years old. Mm. And, you know, we've seen in history where, you know, the old, the old is destroyed and, and put in with the new modern design or, you know, um, History is erased, uh, and it seems like uh, we, in Lahaina, we had only just local business owners. There was no corporations. There was no big, you know, money there besides the fact that this that the property values were extreme, and and it was these uh, families holding on to these properties and not giving right. into the government, not selling out, and. That's what Lahaina was. It wasn't mega resorts. It was all small community business owners. And they knew that they had to destroy everything if they wanted to be able to come and get that land. And, you know, what I feel is going to happen is that FEMA, as they do, they're going to want to come in and declare it uninhabitable. The developers are going to come in to clean up. And what do we already see? Jeff Bezos, $100 million for, you know, rebuild. Yeah, uh, Oprah donated pillows, right. but you know, whatever, she's going to be up next. And they're the uh, ones that already own hundred million, like a hundred, how right. an obscene amount of acreage in a place where they should, you know, yeah, go ahead. It, yeah. It just, it feels, 
it feels like a land grab. We have Josh Green yesterday on camera. We're looking for ways uh, that the state can take this land. <laughs> I mean, he's saying the quiet part out loud. Mm -hmm. And um, they knew that by destroying this infrastructure and people's jobs and their livelihoods and destroying over the overall complete morale of the town by this de devastation and horror, uh, that's how they could get in and build their 15-minute smart city. Josh Green is holding conferences uh, just three weeks ago in the UN saying that Hawaii is leading the way uh, for the smart city, you know, that we're going to be the first state in the country to go um, all renewable resources and energy. And yeah, here he is, World Economic Forum. So, and then if you look back, it gets a little, cre uh, you know, more horrifying. In January, they're signing deals uh, to build billion dollar condominiums. Uh, so, you know, we just know that we can follow the money and, uh, you know, figure out you know, why yeah. this would happen to well, such a, such a hub in the whole world. Yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously important to note that this we're you know, these are, this is speculation, right? What ultimately what they are trying to accomplish, but I, you know, these things shouldn't be dismissed ultimately that this possible, I mean, here, I, there's actually a video I played yesterday. I think it's good that, you know, one, I didn't know that apparently Lahaina is the original kind of capital of the kingdom of Hawaii prior to the U S occupation, which yeah. is pretty interesting. And then in this video, he goes into the same point, which a lot of people are pointing out that the moneyed interests for a long time of trying to un unroute them from this location. Yeah. And, you know, whether that's what, why this happened or not, it's very clear to point out that they're a lot of ways happy that these people are no longer there. So let's watch this video. Yeah. Um, due to fire flood moats or emergency services, but I need you guys to hear me out. You don't see, what's going on i feel something is bigger i've been um, i've been on maui the last nine years and i know the geographical location and how everything works there was no fucking way that a hurricane missed big island went to maui and didn't flood them didn't give them you know crazy you know, other things but it caused fires it caused fires and not only on Maui, but it caused fires in the most precious parts of real estate in Maui. Lahaina Front Street is worth billions. The Hawaiians that have been holding out and the Kanaka have been holding out for years not wanting to sell their property in Lahaina due to these big million dollar companies. It is not a coincidence. I don't believe how in the most precious parts of Maui, Kula, Lahaina, and Kihei that the locals that are standing strong and do not want to give up Oprah Winfrey's fucking view up in Kula that the Hawaiians are holding out on that the fire was going to the whole the Hawaiians and the Kanaka that was holding right there on Front Street homes yeah oh you're muted thank Sorry, you uh, the uh, the I'll, I want to play this other video real quick before we go to the uh, fire part of this because I don't want to forget. But just very quickly showing you the woman telling you the what she saw. And again, heartbreaking because she kind of gets sad at the end. Hey guys, um, I just talked to a tourist who came from the west side. He said that they fled Monday night. They've been sleeping at Baldwin for the past Baldwin High School for the past couple nights, and he said that when they left that. There was bodies everywhere. 
that that's not a lie that's not a rumor being spread on the internet there are bodies everywhere he said that there were moms carrying their babies in their arms Hmm, it's just sad. But, you know, so obviously this is still second information, right? But, I mean, it is endless. You can find people who were there saying, like, at, they witnessed that with their own eyes, and yet that's just not being represented in the media, which is really, really unnerving, you know? Yeah. So unless you know, have any comments on these videos, I, uh, do you want to comment on what he said first, and then we can go to the fires? Oh, um, you know, I just – I'm just sick over it because, you know, it feels – it feels like 9-11 just happened in my backyard and mm. no one like fucking cares to be honest. And I am just grateful that, you know, I have my health and my family is safe and my right. home is safe, but for so many others, um, it's not the case. And, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier that the way that we give these people dignity and the ancestors dignity and the Aina is by standing up in this moment mm -hmm. and saying, we have to stop this right now. And it's like, I know that it feels too new to say that and people are grieving and, and I'm grieving too. And it's when I, when I see, you know, people I know through these accounts of pulling babies out of burned car seats, I'm, I'm horrified because I'm a mom too. But, you know, like at the same time, we have to say what happened or mm. or it's going to happen again and they're going to take the land at the same time. And, you know, Hawaii is an annexed nation. Um, you know, the history of Hawaii has such <laughs> brutal roots of being stolen and pillaged right. by the military and it's happening again and it's yeah. it's going to happen again. They I want mean to take the land. And, and not to make it any more harsh, but I think it never stopped, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the point, is that it just never – and that's why I say the same thing from my experience and others that have lived there, that if you talk to most local Hawaiians, they don't believe they're part of the United States. They're – you know, they're – it's just – that that's it's, – it's colonialism. It's everywhere, you know? It is. And that's – this could be part of the same thing, you know? And so he, here's a video that shows some really hard-to-explain – fire placements and i'm not the one that's usually gonna you know there's always oddities i made this point yesterday i've spoken like going from the california fire discussion and more than mm -hmm. one in fact i did a lot of research with with fire chiefs and speaking to them directly and they'll be the first ones to tell you there are things that they personally think you can't explain like oh, even seeing things that they think caught like even arguing direct energy weapon conversations but at right. the same time having a lot of conversation with them They'll be the first to tell you that there's very, very strange things that you wouldn't think you could explain that you find yourself after a fire, you know, random tree left or a weird building left in the middle of a fire, you know, whether it's moisture or winds or these things are possible. So it's always important to remember. But that being said, this video I find really interesting. And then we can talk about the possibilities of the theories and directed energy weapons and different conversation people are having. So let me know what you think about this. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. on the water that are on fire which you know i guess that could happen with winds and fire but it is odd right but this is the part that i think stands out Stephen kirch actually just commented about this and, you know, yeah. sorry go ahead oh just the perfect circle of fire yes right we're coming up right here which is i mean that you know this is what i point out with anything like nature does not work in perfect lines or perfect circles or it's not perfect circle but it is very strange so this this is literally around lahaina so i understand it correct it's correct
hard to explain. In general, I think that's pretty pretty interesting. Now, you know, I'm not I'm always going to be the one that will put out, you know, anything is possible. Who knows what might have caused it or what could have been there? There's probably an explanation, but that uh, which is also a hypothetical, right? So it's just as hypothetical and and conspiracy as saying maybe it could have been something deliberate. Both are completely un. Actually, before we get into this, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, one of these guys' videos that went pretty viral recently, kind of just giving like a very balanced breakdown. He makes this great point where they're coming out going, "We don't know, right? We don't know what started this. We don't know yet. We don't have all the facts." But then somebody comes up and goes, "It was a direct energy weapon," and they go, "Fact check. No, it wasn't." And it's like, yeah wait a minute, you just told us you don't know and you don't have the facts, but you're willing to say you know it's not something? It exactly. just shows narrative control like COVID-19. I think that's a great point. Right. And, you know, when I look at this picture of, of the fire, so, you know, at the bottom, I do understand the, the bottom ring because that's just where it right. hits the water line. Right. But the one that's the perfect encapsulating sea circle it's just not normal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, as far as the boats catching fire on the, the water, what I'm hearing, I, I do maybe consider that I could see how this is possible with the ash was actually right. so heavy that it created a layer on top of the water. And then um, mm. it was burning on top of the water because it was sitting on ash. Or it could have just fallen on top of the boats. That would make sense. Or too. falling on the boats. Yeah. People said it was like about briquettes. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if you could imagine uh, charcoal being thrown at you, that's what it because it was 80 mile an hour winds throwing the embers like brickheads. Right. So right. I do see how the boats burned. And then especially if one burned with the gasoline, they're all going. Mm -hmm. um, but but that's so good. Oh, just the picture is just very indicative. But again, the, my, my, my big point here is especially what I went through yesterday. And this is where I find it to get. As I was even saying on my show is I wasn't, you know, I, I as always, I'm very skeptical. And again, as I said earlier, since I started seeing so much misinformation early, which goes kind of both ways for me at the same time, I'm like, maybe they're dumping this in the conversation so people don't look at it or, you know, but um, so it increased my skepticism. And so I, I was going through this story mostly because my brother was really interested in it. And I and I, I know people in both Maui and in Oahu. And so I'm like, OK, you know, I want to know what's going on, find the truth of it. And that's when I kind of stumbled onto something I thought was pretty incredible. And this is this gets into like I find this being important separate from this entire conversation. But then when we realize that there are valid act concerns or even just because we shouldn't be afraid to ask anything of whether or not this could have been something, whether direct energy weapon or anything else for that matter, whether, you know, activists lighting fires to justify climate change or who knows where you want to make this go, because that's also something which we didn't even mention, the clumsy nature with which seemingly all the corporate media are saying climate change when yeah. there's like no indication, you know, it's just, that's just how it works today. They can assume into whatever the direction they want and that's not conspiracy theory. Right. But getting into the idea of directed energy weapons. Now, I thought this was really interesting when I found out that the Air Force has what they uh, what the, the AFRL stands for Air Force Research Laboratory. And this they have a laboratory, which is actually called the Directed Energy Directorate on. And actually, if you would like to tell me the uh, go ahead and say the name so I don't mispronounce it, because I know I, I tend to do I'm that. Haleakala. And that is the mountain range right here, correct? Correct. Yeah, okay. right at the tippy so top. There, there's an observatory pretty much right where the Maui name is right there. Now, that, that is the, the observatory. Now, what I came to find out, which is very interesting, is here. 
if you read into them, and here's the actual page for this, that when you, oh, outwardly it's mostly, and you can see there's Maui right there, outwardly it's, uh, you know, observatory and space surveillance and so on. But you'll quickly find, here's an interesting post actually specifically about Kihei, which they just mentioned, right? That's one of the locations where in 2018 asking, well, would it be a target for nuclear war? And the reason they ultimately say yes is specifically because of this, both the DOD Supercomputing Resource Center, which is also in this area, but it's more I so over about that. Yeah. So Kihei is right over here, correct? Near these fires? Yep. Just south of that is where this supercomputing location is. And that's, Conveniently, and Kihei, that's exactly where Jeff Bezos lives. Right. Exactly. He, he, it's literally in it's I believe he's involved probably with this at his house. It's probably at his house. Quite frankly, I believe he's you know part of what we're talking about here. But mm -hmm. so the idea is that so that's there's two main locations. All of this is with, with kind of part of this Air Force uh, compound. And then going further, you'll find out Mr. Kelly Hammett, who ran this location, who apparently seems to be potentially retiring, is on the record more than once talking about this. Here's what he says exactly. We delivered the, U the United States Air Force's first ever operational directed energy weapons. That's his direct quote. As part of the Air Force directed energy experimentation campaign, the Air Force Research Laboratory characterized and deployed four directed energy counter unmanned aerial systems to overseas locations. Three Raytheon high-energy laser weapon systems and the Air Force Research Laboratory tactical high-powered operational responder, the THOR system. It says, we built THOR in-house that's Maui, on the observatory, in 18 months, a record-breaking time. As part of these efforts, they secured the Secretary of Defense approval for operational use of all systems. That's wild. When I stumbled into that, I'm like, this is crazy. So now, so ultimately, the Thor system was operational in Maui, in this observatory. So going back to this location, mm -hmm. remember that we're talking about, and actually, here's the, here's the, before I even go to the next article, let's talk about your video. So let's play this, then you can tell me what we're looking at here, okay? Yeah. Or maybe go ahead and comment while it's playing. Everything's it's windy, and then there's a flash. And I think oh, that's yeah. when a tree's falling on a power line. The, the power goes out, our generator kicks in, the camera comes back online, and then the forest is on fire. Okay, so go ahead and explain where this is, it's it's this and what direction so, that's looking at. So this is one mile from my house, and this is actually... Remember at the um, when I told you that my chicken coop flew across my yard? Mm -hmm. This is the exact moment that this camera is showing this flash. Uh, so you know that I, you know, speculating here was my chicken coop flown by an explosion? Because if you notice, you look at the camera, it goes, mm -hmm. it like right. completely flies as well. And I don't believe that's just because the power went out. That's a reverberation. And, you know, I am one mile from this location. Um, and so this is where the fires are continually kind of burning still. Mm -hmm. And um, Olinda is directly within the line of sight of uh, Haleakala. But I mean, mind you, Haleakala is, um, you know, 10,000 feet above sea level. That's the observatory? At, at the observatory. Right, and right. you can see the whole island from Haleakala. And uh, when, you know, when you go up there, there is a whole sanctioned, uh, you know, fence that this is a military base, right. uh, you know, that you're not allowed to cross these points and get near the observatory. Um, I can actually, I can see it out my window. It's massive. It's an absolutely so, massive telescope. This camera, this camera is in the direction of that observatory. This camera is 
not showing the observatory. This is definitely just pointed at the um, the wood line kind of towards my house, but right. it's directly I mean, below. That's what I mean. So it, yeah. hypothetically, if in the background of the shot th that so, had happened, you would see that light. So so it's interesting going back to this. Just we'll play it real quick so you can see it and again. There's a flash, and I okay. think it's a blue flash, which right. again, I'm going to show you a video, which you could argue. And actually, there's no power yeah. lines in there, too. I want to say that okay, where, this, where this gentleman important. is, he says power lines. But this is the Maui Bird Sanctuary in Lolinda. And there's mm -hmm. not just power lines going through the middle of the woods. So, again, so we're on, where, where Maui is essentially is where this observatory is. And so we're looking at that. And what's interesting is this is, again, the location that we just went over. That's the location of the Thor system he references right so that's on the observatory so arguably if we're just kind of going along with what the information is showing it seems interesting that you see a flash which my point was going to be that does look could look similar to a transformer exploding right but what right. you're saying is that that's not there's nothing back there that would look like that and so that's very interesting that that happens and then the fires start so my, my point would be simply that if you know we don't have to start guessing i mean we should ask questions but the idea of whether or not a government setting up a new system would test that system is something we've seen throughout history or you know any number of possible possibilities so it's not something we should dismiss right i just yeah. find that really interesting so here is a couple of uh, videos where was it i've got um unless i didn't one interesting point too that i want to say is that on haleakala this earlier this year they flew in uh, scientists from all over the world to help replace the lens in the telescope. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what they say they were replacing was the lens. And they said it's like a once in every two decade project. Uh, and they had to fly in experts from everywhere to do this lens replacement. Hmm. Uh, and that was just earlier this year. So I think that's something just to know as well that they've been... Uh, they've had high government officials uh, on Haleakala recently doing things. Interesting. That, 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 I mean, all these things are relevant. Oh, excuse me. This is playing. So here, I, I thought I downloaded this, but I guess not. Just really quickly for people to see it. And, and so you're speaking of the lens in, in what? The telescope of the observatory. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. Who knows what that actually was? And maybe it was just a lens, but that's interesting. But so the transformers, here are just five examples of transformers exploding. And then I'll play a video after that that I find very, very interesting. Hmm. 
thing. Well, I noticed lots of differences already just right. watching a few of these. I mean, I actually mm -hmm. never watched videos of Transformers, I guess, and now just this is my first time seeing it, and it's mm -hmm. it's orange, and it, it can be. It, it can... flares like mm -hmm. very long. It's like a sustained like, you know, like almost looks like it's a firework, you know, burning. You know, I feel like the video in Olinda is just a a flash. It, mm -hmm. it, it almost is more indicative of like lightning but i can i can definitely say there was no thunderstorms that evening that well i'm i'm trying to grab a video that i swear i grabbed downloaded and i'm i'm getting frustrated because i had these things pulled up in line today and i'm guessing <laughs> wondering where they're gone but there there was a video that i think is really important and if i can't seem to find it while we're talking about it here it shows what people argued was a direct energy weapon used before and i'm not able i'm so frustrated that i can't find this right now but uh ultimately it shows very similar. It's the light looks just like you were showing in your video, mm -hmm. and it, it. But what's really strange is the way that it jumps and moves around. I'll try to find it as we're finishing here. Ultimately, if I can, I'll include it. But what's interesting to me is that there, we know that direct energy weapons are real. That's right. a that, that's what's crazy is that even that is just pushed back by some people. But it's we. I, my last show. I mean, it's Fox News talks about the, you know using this. Lockheed Martin has their own videos about it. Ru yeah. Don Rumsfeld's on the record talking about it. 30 years ago it's ridiculous right so that gets dismissed and it doesn't mean that these things can't be transformers but there's a lot of evidence to suggest that this is how it would look we know as uh based on their own documentation and the reports that it wouldn't they claim you can't see it it doesn't it's not a laser like you would expect so it would look just like that if it was then you overlap that with the idea that you've got it in that exact location what they're again telling us and i, I do actually want to go to that next to last um page here to show you what else he says and this for people that might think that this is you know misreported this is from the man's own website dr kelly hammett ses and he says his 20-year active uh, duty career spanned a variety of missions mainly focused on directed energy weapon systems so it's funny that they act like that's not what happens there even though he seems to publicly say that everywhere he goes about this and and se a seven billion dollar airborne laser program directed energy directorate which is the location specifically maui space surveillance system you know, so it's it's almost hard for me to wrap my mind around how that's so transparent. You right. know, almost the wonder whether that we're supposed to look at this. You know, I mean, how do you take all that? How do you piece this in with what you see happening other than the obvious that it was a weapon that they used? Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, this is kind of those um, predictive programming moments where, mm. you know, they reveal and they make it very transparent uh, from the beginning. So people don't look at the blatantly obvious, which is, you know, um, that this could be something malicious and, you know, it kind of ties back to, you know, why injected exists, which is, mm. you know, the government is capable of doing unspeakable things on our population. And mm. this is not the first crime against humanity. And, uh, you know, the government has been, has been adequately the biggest domestic terrorist uh, probably of all time. And, you know, I, I feel, you know, and even the, you know, I've seen now uh, Mountain Dew, Maui, Maui Dew blast, you know, there's these little things that are starting to like come out and it's like, you know, if we're going to look at the synchronicities, there's probably too many to just be coincidence. And, you know, it's the same thing that we've seen with the, you know, the vaccines and with COVID and with the lockdowns or, you know, right. with, with uh, 9-11. I mean, this is, this has been, uh, you know, this is an old story, unfortunately. And I think that, you know, as truth seekers and as people 
that, um, you know, want to see the world continue, you know, just, you know, this is, this is, I think, another part of them ushering in uh, smart cities and they want to make Hawaii um, an example for the rest of the country. And that's yeah. not, you know, that's going to affect um, all of us one day. And so I just hope that we can really shine light on this, that it's not most likely not a natural disaster. If you if you look at the public's opinion here in Maui uh, and in other parts of the Hawaiian islands, uh, you know, our friends in Kauai or Big Island or Oahu, we collectively do not believe that this was a natural disaster. The people do not believe that. Mm -hmm. And if the media says that, that is a lie and it's not true. There's, of course, there's a small handful. Absolutely. But collectively, everyone I sp spoken to believes that this is, was an attack. Gro I mean, cashiers at the grocery store yesterday. Oh, we were attacked. And mm -hmm. so I just want that to to stay as the tone and, and resonate. And I hope that right. people don't, uh, you know, be fearful. You know, I am obviously not a native Hawaiian and uh, people can be really angry at me for, you know, being a, a howly and, and speaking up about things maybe that are in my place, but I love Hawaii. And, uh, you know, my children are Kama'aina. They were born here and I will fight for this place to the day I die. And I love it here. And I'm willing to stand up and say that that was a, absolute domestic terrorist attack and um you know and i'm i'm just a white girl on a little island and i hope that other hawaiians come out and say that too and i hope that the all the locals speak up and i hope that we all collectively come together and say this this isn't what happened and then you know we'll we'll be able to effectively you know protect what is left of the aina because it needs right. it needs protecting right now you know, and whether or not, and I, by the way, did find this video, thank God, so we can play this to finish, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's whether or not people think that this was deliberate action or, you know, however you see this, the real thing, the larger point is that we can see a larger effort to do all the things we're talking about in regard to moving people out of locations that are desired or 15 minute cities or the, you know, technocratic shift in everything we're doing or I mean any number of things we could talk about this is it is a real open not it's you know open secret if you will where they're open they're actively doing these things and it's really about the framing of it that gets dismissed like no one's denying that the, the World Economic Forum and the UN and all these different things are happening but when right. we say oh it's this is being used to control you even though it quite literally is in fact able to control what you do it's all conspiracy theory you know <laughs> it's a it's a block for some people so yeah. all, all we're doing here with this in general is just asking people to ask questions and realize that these people, the powers that wish they were, ultimately, I like that new term, yeah. it is, is it historically has have proven themselves to be the kind of people capable, and I mean, in, in a, a general sense, is the body of the kind of government we're talking about, to experiment yeah. on people. I think yeah. we just literally saw that with COVID-19, but even before that, it's recorded. So we shouldn't be so quick to dismiss these things. So I appreciate you sharing all this stuff, because I know it's not easy to put yourself out there and you know tell you, have the courage to say what you think. Here oh, is, thanks. oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, just thank you for giving me the opportunity. I'm, you know, I've, I learned to stand up for the truth a long time ago, and um and that's all we have. So we've got to keep doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, so this is a good, and the good place to end on this. Then you can just give me your thoughts on like the overlap. But so you can see this Associated Press put this video out as well. Here, this is the video I'll show you just so we know that this is not some kind of, you know, manipulated video. This one is literally put out by the local channel for WWL. 
So let's just watch it right here, and you can see the overlap to what we just saw, right? So we saw the example of your video, which I'll, I'll quickly play afterwards. So you can see the, the way it looks. We saw four examples of the different trans transformers exploding. Some look a little bit blue, but it can be a variation. This, to me, even though they do say this is an electrical explosion, the way it's reported, I don't know how we can explain the way this looks, the way that it moves. It's very strange, so watch for yourself. pretty weird i mean so the end i think it's these parts right about here that i think are the most strange like right. obviously you could make the argument that these are all transformers right but it's weird that it keeps like i would argue that this when that kind of thing happens it's not something that repeatedly happens in the same location like right. it comes back to the same location but it's the way that it moves right here like right from like in ways that, as far as I can tell there aren't even power lines it moves between right. these areas so you know i'm not going to say i'm an expert on that but i quite frankly find that really hard to wrap my mind around and, you know, comparably compare, comparing that to your video, yeah, which we can watch. Go ahead if you have any comments. Oh, I just, I agree with what you said. It's kind of hopping around. And it's mm -hmm. kind of strange that it doesn't blow out the power immediately everywhere. Did you notice right. that? Right, exactly. Some which stuff stays on, some stuff's off. Mm -hmm. it's, it's weird. It's like not consistent. It is, yeah. And, and it, I, you would expect this to, you know, lose, like, I mean, even like you said, the shell sign or even the fact that some of the locations that just blew up right. are still even on, you know, the lights, the street lights or, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very strange. I, you know, I think it's clear that people could argue that that is Transformers. But then again, mm -hmm. here's what here's what you said. Everything's it's windy. And then there's a flash. And I think oh, yeah. that's when a tree's it's falling flat. on a power line. The, the power goes out or generator kicks. And then, you know, and then the fire in the trees. So I don't know. I mean, I find that really hard not to, to see as something that is at the very least possible. Right. Yeah. It's very, very interesting to me. So any final thoughts on that in general? And, you know, and then we'll kind of leave on, you know, where shout out your work and, and everything else. 
Oh, you're sweet. Um, just, just, um, I'm just blown away to be honest. I'm just speechless with, with everything that just keeps being revealed. Um, and just, you know, when I see, you know, that video, if the first time I saw it was just yesterday. So, mm. you know, I'm sure that it's only going to be keep, uh, that, you know, the evidence is going to be keep, uh, excuse me, I can't talk. It's going to keep revealing itself. And, uh, you know, mm. I'm sure a lot of the video evidence in Lahaina was destroyed, but I, I really look forward to seeing, you know, kind of what starts churning and seeing yeah. if we can get anything else out of there too. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll include this, uh, you know, cause even, even though my show was an hour long, it tends to be hard for people to pluck out the important parts of it. So I put this out as well for just people to see, you know, the actual highlighted from his page, the different points and the locations. And, you know, the we delivered the first ever operational directed on your weapon. Like, it's just amazing, like, that that's not already seated throughout the entire conversation, you know, but I'm sure somebody big enough will pick it up and it will get out there. This needs to be discussed you know, theorized and what is this and is it related? Even if it's not though, that's the point that I was saying. It's still pretty interesting, you know, that that's something that is kind of regarded as not real. And then the locations of where they're building and, and Kihei and where that location is directly located next to those fires. And we can see the examples of the, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not one to, you know, unless we can prove it, it, we have to leave it at the points we don't know. But all of this stuff I think is wildly it necessitates more investigation. So thank you for having the courage to talk about it and, and, you know, continuing to research, let us know if you find anything, we would love to hear first. And, uh, you know, before we go, anything else you want to leave us with thoughts on this upcoming work, shout out, injected and everything else. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know, in my, uh, when I'm, you know, unfortunately not discussing tragedy, uh, you know, the happier mission that I have is, um, of course, injected.com. If you're a person who is medical autonomous, who didn't, uh, you know, take the uh, ex last experimental, uh, you know, experiment <laughs> that we saw, uh, you know, head on over for dating, friendships, community. Uh, we even have blood donors, fertility listings as well. Um, and then, you know, I just really quickly, since last time I talked to you, Ryan, one thing that we started doing with Unjected is we're uh, verifying members. So now uh, we actually have all of our members attest by uh, affidavit to their vaccination status. Uh, so we're just kind of going an extra level uh, to give people a little bit security when they're looking for, for partners or friends. But now is somebody know. able to, to sign up even if they don't do that? Is it just like a, they get a label or you're not allowed to sign up unless you, it says. So I know on the last, um, on the last version of the website, we still had the ability, but right now we're, it's still kind of in development. So we're, we're working on the unverified injected mm -hmm. uh, as kind of its own private carousel, uh, you know, just right. to make sure that the integrity for the people who are verified injected get to, uh, you know, have their place too. Um, right. but yeah, it'll, uh, I'll be in the works, uh, good, coming good. up soon. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad, you know, cause I love what you guys are doing. I think it's fantastic. And I, I just, I just think it's really important for, the same things we were fighting for, you know, to get like, if they want to sign up for something that's specifically about being unvaccinated, it makes sense to, to be like, yes, because the whole point is people wanting to find mates or, or uh, you know, uh, donors that are verified as unvaccinated. But at the same right. time, they don't want to have to admit it. We all stood on that ground before, exactly. you know, so I love it. Just put, give them a, I didn't, I'm not divulging who I am, you know? <laughs> but, I, but I love it. I'm really glad you guys are still fighting. I'm glad you teamed up with Dr. McCullough and, and wellness group. So keep Thanks. up the great work. I'm looking Thank forward to that. So I'm, I'm going to sign up as soon as I can. So let me know. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan. And thanks for helping uh, get the word out about our a little Maui and um, uh, just lots of prayers to our island. 
Absolutely. And we'll follow up as well. And uh, thank you for being here. And as always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.